Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Good morning everybody. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is our Jojo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast. It's good. Coming to you drive time in the mornings with Liam and the Scrimp. I'm the scrimp. That's right, you've been demoted to the scrimp. Why do I have to be the scrimp? Why aren't you the scrimp? Because I'm Liam. Yeah, but I'm the. I'm, I literally said I'm. The, I have a name too. I don't have to be the scrimp. Today we watched the seventy-sixth episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and the second episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Four: Diamond Is Unbreakable. It covers chapters two hundred and sixty-nine through chapter two hundred and seventy-two. Of the manga. That's an average amount of chapters that to be is covered. The, in the I would say the standard amount of chapters to be covered from the manga to anime transition. Oh my god, you're right. My god, this goes all the way to the top. This episode is brought to you by... Ooh, silver. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, is... say it. Say it and say it well because they've, they've supported us. That is true, they have. This episode is brought to you by Silver Bard Games. Nick. Yes. Who are Silver Bard Games? Uh, they are a bunch of get ga- or one game dev. I'm not totally First sure. First of all, they're one of our valued patrons. <laughs> we love them very much so. They do make somewhat more adult themed games, shall we say. Uh, yeah. Oh, still the things like, um, you know, like Papers, Please, with a lot of paperwork in it. You know, adult things. <laughs> okay, instead of Papers, maybe think like... Rubbers, or instead of say bureaucracy, think like dildonics. <laughs> yeah, that's that's more the the theme of what they're going for. I'm actually just speculating. You've told me this. I haven't followed up on it. My, oh, it's myself. not. Actually, it's not actually that bad. It's. I mean, it's just more entertainment for everyone's glory. Hey, if adult games are your thing, I'm sure you could do worse than super bad games. Yeah, goddamn right. You could do a lot worse. You could be playing like. Newgrounds Flash animations. Ooh. Do they make things for Newgrounds? I don't know. <laughs> I, th- I think that's still a thing. No, Maybe. D- but I assume Silver Bard don't. I don't know. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, I hope I didn't just offend our valued patron. <laughs> Thank you, Silver Bard Games. We appreciate everything that you've done for us. Silver Bard. Oh, no. He's doing it. Games. Newgrounds. <laughs> Oh, it doesn't look like it. No Google results. I think we're good. Hey, we didn't insult them. Heard them. The people. Company. Thank you for your kind support. <laughs> Nick. Yes. Diamond is unbreakable. That's just a fact. I mean, it's very much breakable. I've watched the Hydraulic Press YouTube channel. <laughs> they broke a diamond on that once. They break, break. It's very satisfying to watch things just turn to liquid under the awesome power of a <laughs> hydraulic press. Truly. The real unbreakable force is the force of man's will. Wow, that's deep. Thank you. I made that up just now. I could tell. It's definitely not a very deep saying, is it? As deep as the pressure of a hydraulic press. Nick, what are we doing? Uh, we're recapping the episode, Liam. That's Literally, we have one job, which is to recap and highlight certain bits from the episode. Right? That's Some might say all the bits from the episode. <laughs> is that what we do? Is More or less, yeah. Uh, okay. We pick up with an ominous shot of the tangled branches of the silhouette of a gnarled dead tree, symbolising the tangled web of secrets and and danger snaking through the town of Morio. 
Jesus Christ, you really got into that coffee <laughs> this morning. <laughs> nah, mate. You were just ready. Yeah. We pick up where we left off last time with Tomoko Higashikata looking for a shovel in her shed. Shed, not shed, garage. To deal with some errant dog poo on her front stoop. Uh, it really pisses her off. Gosh, so angry. So, so thoughtless. Mm. Mm. I mean, why do they even let them, you know... Hey guys, this is a PSA from your friends Liam and the Scrimp. Pick up after your dog. Why am I the scrimp? I don't understand. There must always be a scrimp. You killed the last scrimp and now you're the new one. Can't I be called something cool like the colour or something? Or like the pain? Can I be called the pain? The fear. The scrimp. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bow before my scrimpy ways. You'll never beat me, solid snake. I only pay for dinner once. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. I completely forgot that was a word. I was just... <laughs> anyway. And then Angelo cycles on up and dresses as a milkman, much like at the end of last episode. Yeah. And he's all like, I'm a milkman. We get introduced And this whole him. scene, I think we might break this up to make it a bit less disjointed in our commentary, but this whole scene is sort of... The little lines of dialogue are all punctuated with Jotaro narrating about Angelo's crimes. Yeah, so it kind of goes from him riding the bike to Angelo, a.k.a. Angelo. From Jotaro. (laughs) Yeah, sure. He's the worst criminal Japan's ever had. He committed his first murder when he was 12. Shit, that's pretty fucking young. Yeah. In March of 1994, he encountered three 14-year-olds, raped and murdered two of them. Mm -hmm. Then he found out the third one was rich, so he held him for ransom. Makes sense. So then the police were able to track him down based on that. Yep. And then when they found the place he was hiding out, they found the third kid dead and his genitals were nailed to a post. Brutal. Separate from his body. Oh. And they caught him and put him to prison. (laughs) They put him to prison? Yeah. Liam, are you sure you're not the scrimp here? (laughs) I'll never scrimp. (laughs) I'm just pulling up Angelo's old uh, Jojopedia page. Did I get angry last time about how Angelo's name is Angelo, a.k.a. Angelo? You did. Because his name is Angelo Katagiri. Yeah, but... A.k.a. Angelo. Yeah, but it's the same. It might be different in terms of, like, Katakana or something, or Ramaji, I don't know. It's well established, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, okay. balls about Japanese <sighs> writing. Alright, fine. He is, at time of Diamond is Unbreakable, 34 years old, so it's been 20 years since his first crime. Ooh, the most sinister age. Yeah. Never trust a 34-year-old. No, they'll stab you in the back as soon as look at you. They'll take a ransom on you if you're rich, or else they'll just kill you. Yep. Bastard man. <laughs> Here's some fun facts about Angelo. What's his favourite colour? Blood? Oh, actually, no, I thought I had fun facts like favourite colour, but it it just lists uh, hair colour and eye colour. Oh, well, that's no fun. No, yes. Come on. But his nationality is Japanese and he's male and he was born in 1964. That does track given that he's 34 years old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would very much appreciate if his favourite colour was blood. <laughs> well, he, we know that he has a, um, we learned this episode, he has a taste for fast food. That is true. That is true. I thought that he was drinking blood from... Well, uh, you were thing. wrong. It was almost certainly a sort of cola. Oh, right. Maybe a cherry cola to account for that vague red pinch. Or that could have just been, you know, Children's Bizarre Adventure likes to play fast and loose with colours. <laughs> you know, it's just so so quirky, so so corky, you know? That is true. So yeah. scrimpy. You take that back. Anyway, um, <laughs> is this episode just going to be called Liam and the Scrimp? I mean, it can be. Great. Okay. I'm glad we got that out of the way. So basically, he's he's coming up on a bike. Yeah. Up to uh, Josuke's house. Dressed as a milkman. And Tomoko's all like, where the hell is that fucking shovel? Yeah. I'm really uh, pissed off. 
How and dare An- they? Angelo's walking up and he pe- he steps on some dog. He steps on the titular dog poo. <gasps> Oh, no. The eponymous dog poo. Tokomo tries to warn him and is all like, hey, Mr. Milkman, don't. And then, bam. It's too late. Ugh. God, it makes me so angry when inconsiderate people don't pick up after their dogs. I said, not quoting Tomoko, <laughs> but expressing my own true emotions. <laughs> hey, what does Tomoko say? She says, it makes me so angry when people don't pick up after their dogs. <gasps> of course. I can relate to that. And I'm sure you can as well. Mm, mm, mm. They banter about dog poo for a bit, and she, then Angela's like, yeah, I left your milk over there. And she's like, okay, gonna go get the milk. So, oh, wait, wait just a goddamn minute. Maybe I'm being fussy, but the seal's broken on this milk. And Angelo's like, oh, you're right. That is a correct assertion on your behalf. I suppose being a milkman, I should give you an unbroken seal then. Here you go then. And Tom goes like, yeah, thanks. Thanks. For giving me like the bare minimum standard Mm, of milk. Thanks. Bye, Mr. Milk. Consumers, know your rights. (laughs) Brought to you by Choice It might literally save your life. Shit. It might stop you from just having a bad night. It might stop you from consuming a deadly stand made of liquid or just some unpleasant bacteria. It could save you from becoming a scrimp. Drinking scrimped milk. It's not he's crying over scrimped milk. <laughs> so he cycles away and he's like, damn that bitch. If she weren't so watchful RE milk seals, I would have had her. My stand aqua necklace would have possessed them both and killed them. So we see uh, aqua necklace pop out from the broken seal. Mm-hmm. And just and like just cling on to Angelo's face. Just kind of chill there. Yep. In a very weird and disturbing manner. And almost like a sort of, you know the way like a baby monkey will cling to its um, yeah. its parent? I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah, like a human baby in many ways. That came out naturally and organically. Hmm. Much like the milk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well played. He keeps cycling and he encounters the poop dog. And this old man has Bald, this balding man. Got yeah. his dog on a leash. Oh, you're pooping again. You've really got a lot in you, boy. Angelo then grabs the dog. I think he does what any mature, reasonable adult would do in this situation. And he bites off the dog's face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, not with the stand or anything, just... With his mouth. With his, his human mouth. mouth. And then just goes, you. Um, so what is that now? Nine? We're going to go, we're gonna, we're gonna have to do the count. Okay. Okay. Danny. There's Danny. Obviously always Danny. Puppy eaten by cat in Ogre Street. Yep. Um, dog with face of man. Yep. That's the half. That's the half. Keep track of that. This is, this is the half. Yep. This is my half He's forming finger. a gnarled hook with his index finger. Signifying finger. the half. Yep. Not dog that cars didn't... That cars saved the life of. No. But there was a dog before that. I think there was a bulldog or something. Not in part two, I don't think. I think part mind. two is pretty good for dog death. <laughs> but part three, however... Yep. You, of course, have... The dog that was impaled on spikes in Enya battle. Yep. The dog that Yellow Temperance ate. Yep. The dog that was killed in a dream. Yep. You have Iggy. Iggy. Chibi and Bucci. Yep. Um, so that's seven and a half. What? That's not seven. Oh, sorry, eight and a half. Yep. And now, poop dog. <laughs> Nine and a half dead dogs. Ah, ah, ah. The bit that keeps on giving. <laughs> How often can it, like... Oh, how long can it go for? Just as many numbers as oh, there I'd are. Oh, I'd say like another uh, 38 episodes or so, <laughs> Max. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Nine and a half dead dogs. Fucking hell. 
And then he he's chewed up all the dog face in his mouth. And he's all like, you, because of you, it didn't succeed. And he spits the blood of the dog. Along with his stand. So that he has to kind of... Because, of course, aqua it. necklace moves through liquid. Yep. So he spits in... He spits all the dog blood and viscera into this guy's mouth. Hmm. Along, and then we see his stand, Aqua Necklace's arms, just burst like, through the guy's ears and basically just kill him from the inside out. Pretty grisly. Yeah, it's not, not fun no. for the old man. No, no. I mean, he was just a little bit of a dick. He didn't deserve death. I don't know, Nick. He did let his dog poop on other people's front walks. I don't think the dog deserved death. Oh. It's just doing its dog stuff. That is true. It doesn't really have much of a choice. Mm. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like, um, you know the, the Mitchell and Webb look sketch with the avocado bathtub? Oh, yes. Yeah, it's kind of this way. It's a bit like that. <laughs> Cut to the OP. ba da ba ba da ba no. Wait. Um, You'll pick it up. This one's got a good, got some good brass. Oh, I think it's, um. I'm bad at music, but I was doing The Simpsons. Hang on, let me do the Simpsons again. I thought you were doing the Super Mario. No, let me give it a get, let me give it another go. Yeah. Okay. Do 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 do. And then at the very end of it, you just have to get a milk bottle or something and just yeah, splorch. Ba ba. Rugrats. Anyway, classic. Crazy, noisy, bizarre town is the fifth opening of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and the first of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Three. Diamond is unbreakable. It Part is, four diamond is unbreakable. <laughs> it is stylish AF. Stylish and delicious. So you could not stop. Like I was grinning so hard at your reaction to this. You would, which jigging. I would describe as bamboozled. <laughs> I was like, what? What? Because huh? you know we've had kind of very dramatic OPs so far, and then this one is just like, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have mundane stuff, like a montage of just people dancing, and then. Just make that as stylish as humanly possible. Yeah. So there's a lot, much like previous OPs, there's a lot going on in the background of these. Yeah. But not all of it we can discuss now. Um, but let's just uh, sort of work our way through the um, the content first. Okay. Oh, fun fact. This cost 1,080 yen, apparently. What? Oh, sorry, no. The um, the <laughs> single the single retails for 1,080 yen. Oh, okay. I was going to say, that's like... Obscenely <laughs> cheap to make something. Hey guys, can you just make this? Oh, we're fans of JoJo's. We'll do it for 10 bucks. Okay, we'll fucking take that. So I've pulled up the old uh, JoJo Wikia page, um, which has a surprisingly detailed recap of <laughs> the animated events of this opening. But let's see if we can do it from memory first. Okay. So we open with um, everyone on stage. Like, yep. They're all... <laughs> the Jojo Wiki describes it as um, all four characters that we see. This is, of course, Jotaro, Josuke, Koichi, and an as yet unknown person, much like how we're introduced to Polnareff in the OP prior to actually meeting him. Mm. Um, atop a stage as confetti flies about with their poses highly reminiscent of the widely recognisable Saturday Night Fever pose. <laughs> <laughs> They're just pointing at the sky in a very mm -hmm. disco manner. And we cut to that from that to a... Something that I found particularly enjoyable to keep track of, and I'm sure you might find similarly satisfying in the coming episodes, okay. a series of dark silhouettes of um, what are clearly character designs rushing past the screen. Yeah, and um, you should you should probably you would probably have been able to pick out probably a couple of people we've already met in there. I can't remember who they all are, but probably say Koichi's in there okay. and Angelo. 
And Angelo. In fact, I remember Angelo. Um, he's in there with like his arms out in like a sort of Y shape. Oh, okay. That one took me a while to pick because he's not in a normal pose. <laughs> well, that's clearly that's a pose he does at some point, but it's not something I found particularly memorable about him. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't really do the Y pose at every juncture. No. He's not uh, praising the sun, is no, he? No, no. Um, Josuke's walking through the street with his hands in his pockets. Um, and then he sort of strikes a pose and Crazy Diamond comes out. Um, we get some montages of just yeah. people. Well, all four of our protagonists um, get a little moment like that where their stand comes out. Yep. Except for Koichi, who does not have a stand. He just so gets a shadow. He, no, he, he just... Walks forward and, like, strikes a pose that looks like a really awkward sort of walk-like-an-Egyptian-style crooked arm thing. And just, it just hangs there for a second. It's like, hey, I'm Koichi. I'm, I'm here as well. Yep. Hey. Our next guy, as the unintroduced character, kicks a can into the camera. Mm. And Star Platinum, or Jodoro's there with Star Platinum. And he, I really like this effect. It's, like, clearly meant to be the time stop sort of thing. But in time with the music, it's sort of pulsing colours just hitting the town. Yeah. As it zooms out to a larger map. And then I think it zooms back in. Yeah, and then we get a transition where a bunch of characters, not in silhouettes, but a bunch of people, most of whom we haven't met, mm-hmm. do some fun dance moves. So... Any any particular characters that struck you as particularly memorable there? Um, Obviously, there was a lot of information to take in. There was one... Mm-hmm. There was a chef. Yes, there was someone who was very clearly a chef. Um, shirtless? No. Wasn't he? No. Oh, I thought he was shirtless. No. Just running in an apron? No. Oh, okay. All right, never mind. (laughs) I've gotten a very different tale out of this OP. God, I would love to live in your head for just like (laughs) 20 minutes. Just be like... Then I think I would have had my fill. It's like, look, it's a dog. Nick, that's that's a can of Red Bull. (laughs) Ah. Wait, I've been drinking... What a magical world. (laughs) Um, no, but there was a chef who was running, like, in that very kind of innocent, naive way where, Mm -hmm. like, arms are out either side. Yeah. And just very kind of, not childish, but very innocent looking and, yeah, Mm -hmm. playful. Very playful run. And I think the playful tone is something that's really interesting to highlight here because, um, I'm going to give sort of... I suppose some meta information away here, but nothing to do with particular plot events. Okay. Um, and it makes sense this being a small town. Uh, with the exclusion of Angelo, for reasons that we'll get to shortly, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the villains of the week in this episode, once they've been, I suppose, for lack of a better word, neutralized, <laughs> sort of just stick around as like familiar faces because obviously yeah. they all live in the same town and, and most of them aren't dead as a result of their encounters with the protagonists. Huh. Okay. Because I know that in this one, Angelo is dealt with in a fairly weird way. Yeah, but something fairly final, I would say. Um, But yeah, so any given enemy of the week, they'll obviously be suitably villainous in their introduction. But after they've, like, the protagonists have been like, no, no, (laughs) stop it. They'll just be around one of the figures around town. Oh, okay. So sort of like... Which is sort of the inverse of what we had last week, where there were a bunch of unintroduced characters in crowd scenes. Yeah. I'm just thinking, could there be a, like... Which... a villain. Yeah, could there be a villain that's just a guy who owns a shop and they neutralize him by being like, no, you're not going to keep charging shitty prices, okay? <laughs> and then he brings out a stand. It's like, I don't think you understand how much power I have. And he's like, well, I have a stand too. And then the stand battle is just barter. <laughs> well, we know all about how to barter, don't exactly. we? Exactly. <laughs> what do you do? You um, you basically start off with a price so low that 
Yeah, uh, and then he'll draw his hand across his throat thusly and say, my children couldn't live with that sort of price. And then he'll give you a counteroffer, which you have to laugh at, mm, and say, please, please, I could never afford that. And so the banter goes back and forth for a while, mm-hmm. and then you eventually settle, but it turns out that the guy wanted that bargain all along. Uh, and that guy's name was... Dan of Steel. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> you forgot that that was him, didn't you? Oh, shit, it was, wasn't it? Um, that shop thing, that's... Obviously, that doesn't literally happen, but that would be, like... That's that's vaguely the thematic Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's just sort of mundane events taken to the next level with Well, yeah, Stan like, like I said, like, one of the recurring themes in this part is about how to, like, make your town a better place and... Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I guess we kind of get that with um, Josuke kind of being like, I'm going to make this town mm. safe. And I, I want to return to the lyrics in this song mm-hmm. in a little while because it's not it's not cut, cut and dry, but to me it's always struck. It's always seemed to me that it's most suitably from the perspective of um, that one character who we've yet to be introduced to. Okay. So once once he's on board, I'm gonna I'm gonna return and talk about the lyrics in this a bit. Okay. Very well. I'm curious, but okay. <laughs> Crazy, noisy, bizarre town. Crazy, noisy, bizarre town. We're just going full bizarre at this point. Yep. Oh, and um, there were there wasn't another good another shot of Josuke walking sort of in place towards the camera, um, with a bunch of street signs behind him, and quite a busy shot. A mm. lot of symbolism on those street signs, um, or use of symbols from JoJo. There's the um the town emblem of Morio, um, a dollar sign which um was was on the uniform of the as yet introduced character. Ooh. Uh. Some other symbols of characters we've yet to meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the words Crazy Diamond Jojo with peace signs in a heart. Uh, Jodo- the the um, hand badge from Jodoro's hat. Yep. And uh, signs with both Aura Aura and Dorarara in Katakana. Dorarara. Of course, the noise Crazy Diamond makes. Yeah. When he's punching things. Yeah. Like the Crazy Diamond or... sound. Yeah. And that's the OP, basically. Yeah. We'll return to that as things become more appropriate. We'll learn more about this chef in good due time. <laughs> there was a chef. There are a couple of like short people. There was a girl. Oh, you can't just call them short people. They were short people. And I want to talk about their shortness more in the week in the weeks that we discussed them. Jeez, just so, rub it in, my so dude. Hold me to that. Okay. I'm going to forget. Yep. You know this. But I hopefully won't. You'll listen back and then make like one note somewhere and be like, don't short. forget. After the OP, we get... We get a lot of ominous shots of Tomoko making breakfast. Mm-hmm. Paralleling. Yep, that's the word. Um, <laughs> Paralleling. The very first shots of this part in which a disembodied hand was making a sinister breakfast. <gasps> oh my god, what? There's eggs, there's toast, there's running tap water, and Josuke is on the phone with An- with uh, Jotaro. He's all like, hey, I haven't seen Angelo, but he said he'd be around because I upset him, you know? Okay. And Jotaro's all like, yeah, his stand's weak, it can be controlled remotely. I'm coming over. Don't eat or drink anything. Don't shower or use the bathroom. And Josuke's all, hey, yeah, so I haven't told my mum that you're around. She's here and, like, she's really tough and cool, but she's really into Joseph still. And it's really, like, messed her up and she cries when she thinks about him. So, if you like, we could just, like, not. Can we keep this on the download yeah. between you and me? Yeah. Like, Joseph and her for part three? Wait till she goes to milk. I mean, to work or something. <laughs> goes to milk? <laughs> Wait, well, I mean, she did go get milk, so. Milk came to her. <laughs> That's true. That is true. And then, yeah, there's an amazing transition. <laughs> go on. Do you want to talk about this transition? It's Jotaro on the phone in his hotel room in the Morio Grand Hotel on a corded landline phone. Yep. 
Now, this isn't the car transition, oh, is it? Is, I believe it is. Is it? No, I thought that happened later. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. <laughs> that was very like... Do we want to just talk about it now? Yes. Okay. So they, at some point, Jotaro is going to leave this phone. He's going to leave this damn hotel room. <laughs> but in order to do that, they need a transition. Yeah. Obviously. So... So he's standing in his hotel room. The, um... The, the phone... The, well, the wallpaper is sort of a, a yellowish colour. Yep. Which is important. Because the sky in Mario is also a yellowish colour. Ooh. So what happens is he kind of puts the phone down. As he's putting it down, he's lowering his body into the car. No, not quite, I don't think. Oh. He's putting the phone down as sort of a taxi is materialising in front of him. <laughs> Having placed the phone down, he is now outside and gets into the taxi. God, it's so good. We really don't do it justice with our description, but it's such such a smooth transition. It's so weird because you're like, oh, I know exactly what happened. Second only, second. second only to the transition later in this episode where the scene transition is Josuke fixing a wall over the camera's point of view. Yeah. Transitioning them from one side of this broken wall to the other. Oh, so good. So many little things. Yeah, it's, it's the little touches that really make it, you know? But anyway, we've got friggin' Tomoko in the other room yeah, making yeah. food and She's stuff. all like, hey, Josuke, where did this picture come from? It's from the milkman. It's of the milkman. I, you know, I saw that milkman today. Oh, there was a bit. It was like, oh, she, she was all, you're not the usual milkman. And he's like, yes, I'm filling in. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh, that, oh. Yeah. It's from today, a picture of today's milkman. How the hell did you get a photo of him? And Josuke looks across the room and... Our perspective zooms in really close on Tomiko's lips as she took a uh, sip of her coffee moments earlier. And there's a tiny, tiny aqua necklace peeking out. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> Bye. And he goes into her body. Slash esophagus. Josuke, to his credit, plays it pretty cool. Yeah, he's all like, well, fuck this shit. Yeah. Tomoko offers him coffee, asks if he wants milk and sugar, and starts preparing preparing her son a nice a nice breakfast. Yeah. She, such a like they've they've got a you know an atypical mother daughter mother son relationship, but yeah. but they love each other. It's good. Yeah. It's good shit. Yeah. Jodo is all like, whatever you do, don't approach it. It's very dangerous. And Josuke. Oh yes, yeah. And Josuke's like, well, well, fuck this. Gotta go approach it. Um, grabs. Tomoko turns around to. Get him milk and sugar. Yeah. He grabs... He's, the layout of their house is interesting because he's clearly in a bathroom doing his hair. Yeah. And she's in the kitchen, but it also seems like they're very much in the same room. Oh, uh, no, I think there's like it's a like room a, in it's, between. It's like a, um, just just a, like a powder room off the side of the, yeah. the dining room. Yeah. It does feel a bit that way, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and he reaches into the medicine cabinet, pulls out a bottle of aftershave, just mm-hmm. casually pours that out into the sink. How many dollars was that? I mean, come so on, So much. Bro. So much. Pick something a bit cheaper. As Tomoko works, walks, uh, turns her back, walks up behind her. Mm-hmm. And punches her through the stomach. Two times in two episodes. And crushes the bottle. In his hand. On the other side of her. On the other side of her. Reforms the bottle and her as he pulls out, trapping aqua necklets in the bottle and leaving his mum unharmed. Basically unaware that anything even happened. She basically just looks like she's zoned out for a sec. The toast pops out of the toaster. She sort of comes back to her senses and asks if he wants milk or sugar again. And What a baller move. (laughs) And Josuke's all like, eh, it's fine. What a cool guy. What What a cool power. What an interesting fellow. Yeah. God, I love it. Such a good move. (laughs) He's so calm. Hmm. And now he's he's trapped the enemy stand. He did it. He won. I mean, it can't just be that simple, right? There's got to be some kind of clause here or, or rule of stands that's going to change. Anyway, back on the phone. Uh, yeah, I got him. Just come on over. We'll deal with him. Jodo's like, oh, 
Oh, well, that was anticlimactic. I, All right. I kind of wanted to use Star Platinum again. It's been a while. Well, just keep your eye on him because yeah. he's probably going to try and escape. He's going to be then, crafty. Then the transition happens. Ah, yes, you're right. Puts phone down, gets in car. Hello. 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 Is it me you're looking for? I don't know. I can see it in your eyes, is that it? And then I realize... I don't know. Anyway. Josuke's playing Oh That's a Baseball 1999 on his Nintendo 64. Which you found out wasn't in the manga. I mean, I, I referred to this last week, if you recall, when I talked about yeah. it. Last episode, I'm sorry. They we're, fill we're in the details. The yeah. um, they fill in what actually happened as opposed to, eh, this is the future, something will happen. Hmm, sure. And he's playing, I believe, with the Jaggers. Oh, God, it's with, so good. Um, with Star Platinum no, and uh, Crazy Diamond oh, God. Jaggers. So beautiful. So beautiful. <laughs> oh, so dumb. Yeah, <laughs> it's, um, it's, he's just casually playing it and then... Every now and then just looking over at the bottle. Shaking the bottle and Angelo's outside stewing. And he's all like, oh, you've got my stand. He's like, I'll kill the little brat and his hot mum too. <laughs> um, and I think he's I got- I need to get the cap off or break that bottle. And he's watching and he sees our friend, Josuke's grandfather, whose name I have neglected to note down <laughs> because he isn't, he isn't in the show for very long. No, he's really but not. But of course his name is Ryohei Higashikata. Ah. Uh, Coming home from his night shift as a bicycle policeman. And he's all like, hey, what up? And he's How all you like, going? oh my god. The grandson of the police officer who arrested me 20 years ago for my first crime. Angelo looks pissed off. But also triumphant because apparently he's been doing his research on his nemesis. And he knows every detail of Ryohei's life. Except for apparently... What his family looks like and what their names are. Yeah. All right. Anything that may involve anything about him, he doesn't know. Yeah. But that's fine. It's a small town. Meanwhile, in the house, Josuke's playing his video game and Ryohei walks in and puts a gun to his head. At this point, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why aren't you at school, boy? Hey, easy with the gun, old man. I'm just waiting for someone. He's going to be around shortly. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you, you fool. It's just a model gun. I scared you, you, you stupid baby. Yes. I lose. Yes, I want to move now. He says, I quote, I won the first round in our weekly contest to scare each other. Now, does this sound like a healthy relationship? <laughs> Are we I mean, if, it, if it's an agreed upon thing by both parties, <laughs> I suppose it's like a prank war. Yeah, that's true, I suppose. But like, is it scary or is it traumatizing to have a toy gun put up that your head? That looks exactly like a real gun. By a police officer. <laughs> Who is your grandfather? Who is your grandfather? Uh, has been demonstrated to be reckless with the ways of the law. Yeah, a bit loose. Mm -hmm. mm. But he has a good heart, you know. He, he, he understands his town and he wants to protect it. More on that later. Yeah, but at the same time... So Josuke is all like, okay, yeah, whatever. Mum left, go to bed. <laughs> so the old man's like, ah, uh, yeah, all right. I may as well relax. Hey, you remember how I said more on that later? Yeah. More on that now. The news is on TV. And they're talking about how, like, yes, the number of strange, de strange deaths caused by ear and eye trauma are on the rise. <laughs> it's mm. up to seven. They're only in Morio. R what's his name? Ri Ryuchi? Ryuhei. Ryuhei is like, ah, uh, yes. Uh, yes. I'm aware of He looks super nervous. serious and he's like, I sense something dark. Something dark in this city that I have to protect. The law. <laughs> yeah. The night. The Batman. <laughs> police officer. Grandpa, I think you really need to get some fucking sleep. He says, it reeks of foul play to me. There's something really... It's 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 an interesting 
uh, juxtaposition between what he's like in this one very serious moment and then also, like... Hey, son. Playing quite a malicious prank on his grandson a moment yeah. ago. Yeah. Speaking of the police, here they are. Mm. A siren going past. <laughs> yes, uh... And cut, cut back outside. Angelo's like, I know you, Higashikata. I know you always have a shot of brandy after night shift. And we see Aqua Necklace... Spit out wax of some kind? Sort of vomit out wax and turn brown. And the, the aftershave bottle that he's in takes on the appearance of a bottle of whiskey. Or brandy. Whatever. Cognac. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Josuke hears a honk at the front door. <laughs> Goes to investigate. There's Jodoro like, hey, get in, punk. We're hitting the town. Yeah, we're going to go take him somewhere isolated and deal with him. And so then Josuke's all like, cool, cool, I can do that. Turn around. And his grandfather. Well, first he sees the smashed bottle. <laughs> That's true. The bottle has been opened. <gasps> it's empty. It's so empty. There were no aqua necklaces in it. Oh, God. That's like bad. The, the worst possible number of aqua yeah. necklaces. This is DEFCON 1. <laughs> so he looks just further over the little table yeah. that it was sitting on. Which was perfectly obscuring the body of his dead grandfather. <gasps> no! The blood has streamed down from his eyes and his mouth. Yeah. Quite, quite a grisly way to go. He's very dead. Yeah. He's very fucking dead. Um, Aqua Necklace is there uh, Crazy Diamond punches him for a bit He he goes flying around the room This happens a few times this episode The punches don't really seem to do much to him No, he's sort of like, well that's a shame Yeah, And he collides with the wall and basically seeps backwards into it Being like, I'll get you, Josuke <laughs> You're still cocky, I'll kill you And then he just oozes into the wall Nothing angers me more than cocky people who get too cocky Now it's time for Josuke to experience consequences For the first time in his life <laughs> Because he's been able to heal everything. Yeah, pretty much. If he, if, I imagine if he ever broke something as a kid, he could heal that before going to travel. Yeah, he mentions um, in a couple of lines time <laughs> that um, he broke, he fixed his friend's broken arm as a kid, and he did a lot of things that would have gotten you into trouble and then didn't. Yeah, which probably probably informs his fairly easygoing nature, I would imagine. Hmm, and his love of his hair. More on that later, mm. in like six or eight episodes' time, I would imagine. Okay, all right. Actually, no, maybe a bit later. I'm going to call it 11 episodes time, ballpark. <laughs> so he basically just like, okay, don't worry. This is fine. This is fine. Jodoro enters. He's like, what the hell happened? He's like, no, okay, don't I worry. can fix him. I got, I got magical powers. I can, it's just a minor wound. Fixes up his face. Yep. Gets rid of the blood. He looks really peaceful. And then he doesn't come back to life. No, just a perfectly serene dead man on the ground. He starts giving off trademark Jojo Bizarre Adventure death steam. And he's like, Gramps? Come on, man. Um, I healed you. This is a bad... What kind of grandfather would pull some sort of horrible scare prank after being revived from the dead, I ask you? Uh... Certainly no no relative of mine would do that, says Josuke. (laughs) (laughs) And eventually he kind of goes... Oh, well, maybe he's not alive? Jotaro delivers a very poignant monologue about how humans live by destroying, but your stand's power is kinder than anything else with its power to repair. But once a life is taken, it doesn't come back. No matter the stand, you can't bring back the dead. It's interesting because that kind of reminds me a lot of what's happened in part three. Yes, a lot of people raise this. Yeah. The fact that, more or less... Jotaro did bring back the dead, though in very different circumstances to this. I mean, it was more like there are some people who died that he couldn't bring back. And he's like, I'm never going to have Avdol, never going to have Iggy again. He's coped with loss. Yeah, through freezing time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Being all like, can't turn back Save the people you can, but you can't save everyone, Josuke. 
And Josuke's all like, well, fuck. Fuck off. That's bullshit, because I have done that my entire life. Mm -hmm. Josuke gives his own little monologue. He's all like, he he worked as a police officer for 35 years and protected this city. When he heard it on the news about Angela, he sensed the danger. And I saw in his eyes the the eyes of a man who was protecting his city. And now he's gone, so now I'll protect the city. And my mum. And Jotaro's like, yeah, yeah, he's going to kill you and your mum, Angelo is. Shit. Well, I'm going to try. Yeah, I'm going to do it. It's me. I'm inheriting, like, his legacy as a protector of this town. It's going to be great. I am the Robin to his Batman. Boom. Not quite, but okay. This is sort of like a, I suppose, a foundational moment for Josuke as a heroic character. Yeah, it's the first time we see him not kind of just being a laid back motherfucker. Mm, Yeah, or a very angry motherfucker for personal reasons. Yeah. And then, halfway cut. Yep. We've got that eye catch of the uh, Aqua Necklace, Stan name Aqua Necklace, Stan Master Angelo. Let's talk a bit about Aqua Necklace. So what is Aqua Necklace actually a reference to? Aqua Necklace is a reference, apparently, to the Asia album Aqua. That makes sense. Why yeah. necklace? No, no idea. I've not been able to figure that out. Did some Googling beforehand, as you well know. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we know that it's Aqua. Yeah, and we know that the second track of the album Aqua is Who Will Stop the Rain, which is, Ooh. I think, thematically appropriate to... Oh, yeah. I listened to a lot of Asia when I was doing my thesis a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. but I don't recall particularly recall any of the songs from this album. I am a big fan of their song Only Time Will Tell, as seen in Metal Gear Solid Five, though. I mean, everyone loves that song, right? It's a good song. It's a damn good song. What is it? I'm not going to sing it. Shit. All right. I'm never going to know what it is now. They're like a British prog rock band or something. Tasty. Oh, apparently they're a super group. A super group? Yeah. Of four different progressive rock bands. Lead vocalist and bassist John Wetton of King Crimson. Guitarist Steve Howe of Yes. Keyboardist Jeff Downs of Yes. And The Buggles. And drummer Carl Palmer of Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Shit, I gotta listen to some fucking Asia. Yeah. Hot damn. Good band. Yeah. Anywho, um, Aqua Necklace is interesting because I think it stands in a pretty direct point of comparison to the previous water-based stand we saw. Um, Geb? Geb, yeah. Yeah. I think... I do like later on, Jodoro says something about like, who knew that a stand made from water could be this dangerous? <laughs> and I immediately went, yeah, not Geb that managed to <laughs> flip a car. Blind Kakuin. And basically fuck up half your group. Yeah. Um, I think they're, they're interesting different meditations on the same theme. Um, mm. Particularly given that Geb being in a water-poor environment was so threatening and so just about directly attacking, whereas we've got Aqua Necklace in a very water-rich environment. Certainly some of that's by Angelo's own devising, but still. Um, oh, well, he tried the milk. Yes, and the rain and the... Mm. All the gadgets we'll see soon. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting how compared to Geb, he attacks in a very indirect form. Mm. He's all about getting inside you, possessing you, killing you from the inside out. And it's very much a, an all or nothing. He will possess you or he won't. Yeah. Whereas, Ge- whereas Geb was pretty standard. Tear shit up. Yeah. It's like, I am in the desert. I am water. I will just attack mm-hmm. you now. Thanks. And uh, it's it's not something you need to choose between but i think i do prefer the aqua aqua nicholas variant mm. no i think it's more interesting yeah because there's more stuff going on than hey i'm gonna slice you and i feel like it's um there's actually more to it being made of water than in the way it's it's used as we'll see shortly rather yeah. than just oh it's made of water but still just you know a thing that hurts you yeah there's a lot more fun things you can do with it mm. that are sort of seen in this one than with geb yeah mm. the um commentary for aqua nicholas out of jojo Velle, ooh, is as such I imagined a deviant lurking in the town. 
This one's another slime type. The stand's design comes from ritual dolls and Jomon era clay figures. I researched various sources to make it. Interesting reference to the ritual dolls, because we'll get to that later, but at the end, Josuke basically voodoo dolls Angelo around by trapping Aqua Necklace. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that shortly. You know, anyway. So, um, gosh, it's getting warm in here. Oh, dude. Australia. It's just always warm. And it's a wet heat today, which is the worst kind of heat. Actually, yeah, that is true. Just be glad it's not Japan, where it's like, or not Japan, um, Singapore. Where it's like, it's 100% humidity and 48 degrees. Like, why? I always feel like 100% humidity should be rain. Water in the air in some form. <laughs> you just walk and then you're like, oh, look, my body is just wet. Yeah. Ugh. We cut ahead probably a couple of weeks, I would imagine. A couple of days at least. Three days. Oh, sure. Was that? I missed I miss that, sorry. I think so. Yeah. Um, they've had the funeral for, for Grandpa Higashikata. Uh there's a the narrator who I believe might be a new new narrator. Is it? Ooh. Maybe I've just internalized the English voice narrator too much, but it sounded like a new voice to me. Talks about how the funeral's ended and Tomoko has bundled up uh, his uniform into the cupboard, which is hanging with the um, the shoes, socks, shirts, and pants of a middle-aged man who would who would say who would always buy the same clothes and then say, "This is what I like. It works." You know what? I can empathize with that man because <laughs> i think i haven't worn different clothes since about year 10 so <laughs> eventually they'll be disposed of but not for now tama goes in mourning she can't bring herself to throw them away but no one will ever wear them again because she's certainly not going to give them to goodwill yeah no i wouldn't want to wear the clothes of a dead man <laughs> he didn't die in them yeah but at the same time it's a little bit weird if it's like hey this guy's died have his clothes cut to the street corner where koichi is looking at the house and he's like josuke probably doesn't want to see anyone right now then he walks away out of the episode slow pan up (laughs) yeah that's all we see and i want to highlight the building that he was walking past with an arch next to its gate we'll come back to that in a couple of weeks but it struck my eye for the first time this episode they're like oh that's there consistent geography that's nice Hmm. okay Hmm. all right interesting Jotaro and Josuke are hanging out in his dining room and they're pouring bottles out into the sink. And Jotaro is giving him a survival briefing. He's like, do not trust normal tap water. From now on, you only drink water from a bottle. You only eat food food. from a can. Where's your mum? I sent her to like a friend's place. Great. We're going to home alone this joint and just really stake out this house and kill this serial killer. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, um, point of fact, Jotaro says something like, we're going to get Angelo. And then... At the mention of his name, for a moment, just a, the merest of moments, Josuke's hair goes wild with anger. Like it's like it's prehensile. Yeah, true. It's then, a bit like a Super Saiyan. Yeah, and then he's like, no, no, I'm calm. I'm calm. I'm good. You know, I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad that he killed my grandfather. We then get a wide shot of the rest of the kitchen. Which has place. clearly all been destroyed and then poorly reformed, as Josuke does occasionally when he is angry. And Jodoro is like, well, I mean, it is your furniture, but... um. I try to hold back on that. Yeah. Hey, Josuke. Yeah. You still got that. This is what Jodoro talks about now. <laughs> you still got that scar on your lip from when I punched you. Yeah, what of it? Does that mean you can't heal your own wounds? Yeah. So what are you going to do if Angelo gets inside you? Lose. Okay. <laughs> cool. If he gets inside me, I'm going to get shredded like a melon. Golly. We're going to be like a melon at a Gallagher comedy show. Exactly. I'm going to be like a Pac-Man. Sitting in a stream of daggers that's also a maze. God, you know, if only there was something from Pac-Man that typically hurt him that you could have pulled. Yeah, daggers. (laughs) What? 
Angelo's in a tree. He's got binoculars. He's got a burger. He's got a shake or a cola. He's just I, okay. taking the place out. Look, I swear to God, I turned to you when he like spilled the cola stuff on his lip in like anger and was like, oh, I'm going to get you, Josuke. I swear to God, that was just blood. It was like a reddish liquid, but... And know. I was like, okay, is he a vampire? Because I swear to God, he's just a vampire. And I immediately said to you, Nick, he's eating a burger. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, that's fair. And he's out in broad daylight. <laughs> Although he is in a tree. True. Vampires can hide in trees. Hmm. This is known. And the milkman's hat was awfully wide. <laughs> so he's just kind of spying on them yeah. from outside. He's biding his time. Like a real fucking perv that wants to murder the person that he's he's perving on. He's a peeping on. Tom. He's a peeping murderer is what he is. I know your power as well now, Josuke. You won't bottle me again. I'll get you. My chance will come tomorrow or the day after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get you, Josuke, and your hot mum, too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Can you imagine, like, a 1920s announcer just oh, sitting I was up doing in the, the stands? Um, I was doing the Wicked Witch of the West. Oh, God. <laughs> the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> I'll get that hot young scarecrow of yours. Gosh! No, and your little dog, too. Come on, Nick. The dog can't be hot. That's what she well, says. I mean, maybe the dog can be... Oh, yeah, the scarecrow was definitely the most fuckable of the um, <laughs> Wizard of Oz party. You know what? Anyway, okay, so um, Joe Scares are like, Gosh, Koichi, I don't think we're in Mario anymore. <laughs> and then the Tin Man, a.k.a. Jodoro, shows up. It's like, hey, hey, I haven't got a heart. No, or oil, can. Bloop, bloop. oil can. Oil <laughs> can. And then we've got... Um, the, guy the, have, the, the guy we have yet to meet is the Cowardly Lion, evidently. Ooh, okay. Anyway... <laughs> That was a nice brief Yeah, that was fun. Uh, Um, Improv. Josuke's praying at, like, the house shrine or whatever that is in Japanese culture with a photo of his gramp. He's all like... It's a sweet uh, sweet brief moment. uh, Jotaro goes outside. Jotaro's like... Huh. "Hmm." It's raining. Wait a fucking minute. It's raining. And then we get Angelo's little perspective of, that's right, you little shit lord. (laughs) It's raining. (laughs) And Aqua Necklace is on his back having formed in the rain. Jotaro punches him off. Yep. And uh, Angelo's like, ah, you're a stand user too, I see. But it matters not, for I will get you. Jotaro runs inside, taking taking off his shoes along the way, because he's such a polite young man. He's matured quite a lot, Yeah, yeah, he? yeah. Now he respects the rules of society. Certainly this is a life and death, death battle, but... You can't run around on a nice polished wood floor in outside muddy shoes. You can't make a big deal out of these things, you know? Oh, when he was outside, he made a point of being like, Angelo was here. Look at these Angelo tracks. He's been watching And then us. He, he kneels down and um, sniffs them. And then his scout flies uh, flare up and he's able to see Angelo's approximate location on the map. And then he can go kill him and then make um, new weapons and clothing out of him. He does a little... I've been playing Monster Hunter. <laughs> I was thinking something like Assassin's Creed was like, and then we just see Star Platinum like oh, is waving that, his that, arms. That's the thing in um, Assassin's Creed Origins with yeah. the bird. Yeah, except just Star Platinum, just a normal yeah. human man. Flying or just standing there flapping his arms? Flying like a hummingbird. Oh, yeah, you know? sure. Because he does it so fast. He can move so quickly with exactly. his speed and precision. Yeah, that he can just move air mm, in a yeah. very precise manner. I bet, I bet he could fly if he wanted to. <laughs> And he'd look really happy the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And, but he just doesn't because Jodo is like, this would be so undignified. <laughs> so he comes back inside and all the taps are running. Oh, and we also got a cool shot of um, also when Josuke realised it was raining, he runs and jumps down his stairs in a cool shot. I don't 
understand why he did that, but you know, he because he says he heard Angelo messing around in the kitchen, because mm. and, and they go into the kitchen and all the faucets are running hot, creating a lot of steam. Uh, the oh, kettle no. is on. Oh no! Angelo did a lot of seemingly very inconsequential things very quickly while he was in their house. And they're like, "Oh no, water." Okay, Josuke, listen here. Don't be an idiot. Stay calm. Meanwhile, Aqua Necklace is forming out of the steam behind Josuke and like starting to trail his hands into his ears. Oh my god, don't breathe that steam and that's actually Aqua Necklace. Yeah. That's a stand. St- stands, punch it around for a bit. It is unharmed. It's steam. You yeah. can't really hurt we steam. We need to get out of the kitchen. Quick. Oh no, the bathroom tap is also running. We need to get into this hallway. We can't go upstairs because he's drilled holes in the roof. Oh my Gosh, god. We're really caught in a pickle here. You could say that we're in a haunted house that is just actually kind of flooding. Oh, yeah. We're in a flooding house. What an apt metaphor. Josuke tries to do the thing with the bottle, but it doesn't work on the steam form. The thing with the bottle? Oh, right. Yeah. The thing with the bottle. The, tr- yeah. the trap, aqua to... necklace and the bottle thing. Yeah. But obviously he just moves about in steam now. And we get these two almost complimentary shots of Angelo and um, Josuke both chuckling. Where they're like, <laughs> things are going our way. Angelo's like, and I don't know yeah. if this is meant to be drawing a parallel, which will be sort of thematically further explored with the interaction of future characters mm. in the way that we're sort of setting a baseline where Josuke and Angelo both look very disreputable, but one of them has a heart of gold, and one of them has a heart of Death. the darkest feces. <laughs> <laughs> the darkest feces. Mm. We're talking like blacker than black. Yeah, darker than the darkest night times mm-hmm, infinity. Mm-hmm. But there is um. Certainly a parallel between Angelo and a future character that I, I really want to return to and explore when at the appropriate time. Okay. Very well. So Josuke starts being like, eh. Well, Jodoro, yeah, and Jotaro's like, Josuke, how would you slip out of this situation? <laughs> Jotaro, please. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me a fucking second. Give me some cred, son. Jotaro's like, Jotaro's like, how are you going to slip out of this one? Josuke's like, that's not the word I would use. <laughs> We're going to break out. Smashes the wall. And then that nice transition happens where he fixes the wall and then they're on the other side of it. He's like, see? We're out of the bathroom. But then they turn around and the humidifier's going. And Oh dear God. There's a really great out of context Jojo panel of this where oh, um, God. it's like the best um, like two out of context Jojo panels. I'll see if I can pull it up just to describe it accurately. I remember... um. Kieran, mutual friend of the podcast, he was living in Japan up in the mountains and he had a humidifier that apparently filled up every two or three days. So he had to like take the thing out. Basically just has like fresh water in this humidifier. What what does a humidifier do? A humidifier humidifies, uh, well, you have either a humidifier or dehumidifier. He had a dehumidifier that got all the excess moisture out of the house. So all the wood didn't get like mold or stuff. So, because he lived up in the mountains where it was always wet, right? they had to have a dehumidifier so that, you know, you didn't get mold growing. Because if there was, like, one day where it was felt like a wet room, <laughs> uh, and a humidifier will humidify a room so that, I don't know, the wood doesn't dry out or the house doesn't feel like a fucking desert. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it just basically sprays, not steam, but, like, slightly wet air. Moisture. Yeah. Humidity. Humidity. Okay, I can't find it. But point is, they get into this room and they're like, okay, we're safe now. Then they turn around and they're like, the humidifier! And it's spraying steam into the air. Um, and that steam forms aqua necklace and then that aqua necklace f- flies into Josuke's mouth. <gasps> what? That means what? that he's going to no. lose. Yes, that means he's lost by the conditions that he's set. And Angelo is like, 
Angelo starts talking and halfway through it cuts to Aquanecklis, I suppose, in Josuke's esophagus, also talking. Um, <laughs> being like, when horse races or test dances end up exactly as I expect, I can't help but feel lucky from the bottom of my heart and laugh. <laughs> now somehow Josuke hears... Hers? Josuke hears this. Josuke hears this. And he's like, well, I suppose well. um he's speaking in his throat right next to um his eustachian tubes, which are a direct path to his ear. Wow, that was oddly accurate. <laughs> so he's like, well, you know what? I disagree with Angelo. When horse races and test dances end up exactly as I expect, I don't feel like laughing. Not when it comes to Angelo. Here we go, Crazy Diamond. Do some sort of crazy gambit. Crazy Diamond appears. Yep. Reaches down. Well, no, first he oh. he we hear the the crazy diamond fix things sound, <laughs> the <laughs> sound. Josuke opens his mouth and reaches into his throat with crazy diamond. With crazy diamond and pulls, pulls out, out a glove with a knot tied. Well, he ties a knot in the top, and that glove is quite clearly full of aqua necklace. And Jodo is like, uh, what? The so hell? what happened was when they were in the bathroom. There's a shot of, um, like, two rubber gloves hanging on a towel rack or something like that. Yeah. And then in between two two different cutaways, mm-hmm. one of those gloves goes missing. <laughs> and what Josuke has done, as he explains, is he has shredded that glove. Yep. Swallowed it. Uh-huh. And I suppose kept a tiny portion of it for fixing purposes. Sure. And when, as insurance, when Angelo got into his mouth, he fixed that glove up, trapped him inside. The perfect crime. Sure, that's... Yep. Okay. What's your issue with that? It seems a bit far-fetched, is all I'm saying. That he's like, I've shredded up this glove and swallowed it in such a short amount of time. You know? It's kind of like... One, how how quickly can you shred a glove? You've got, I mean, if you've got a powerful stand. Oh, I suppose... Yeah, true. The stand does have the ability to just morph it, I guess. Or, you know, it can, it can punch through a wall. I'm sure it can rip a glove up. I mean... Punching through walls and shredding gloves are two very different actions. <laughs> different like, skill sets. Exactly. He's got really bad wrist strength. He's like... Nye, nye. Yeah, he can't pull. He can only punch. Yeah, he's got great biceps, bad wrists. Very bad at pulling punches. Yeah. Um, great. Great. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting 40 minutes for that pun. Um, yeah. He goes to the window and uh, looks out and he... Stuff like him, like, whirls the glove around. And Angelo flies out of the tree he's in. It's like, there he is. And so Angelo just kind of starts walking away. He's like, okay, I'll I'll go away and then I'll rethink my plan. Yeah, yeah. And he starts trying to run. And he just, again, he slams that glove down. He just falls face first into the road. He's like, guys, guys, don't, you don't have to kill me. Like a ritual doll. Very much like a ritual doll. Yeah. It, it feels very voodoo-esque. Yeah. And they sort of back him up against this large rock on the roadside. And they're like, hey guys, you don't have to murder oh, me. And they're standing like, above him with those, like, featureless black eyes. You know how Jotaro, like, all the way through part three? Yeah. yeah. But now Josuke, too. <gasps> oh my god, Josuke's feeling a little bit angry. So serious. So sullen. Mm. And so... You Jos- guys can't kill me, right? Because Just because I was found guilty by Japanese law doesn't mean you can judge me, right? Josuke, you can't kill me even though I killed your grandfather. Really not helping his case here. Yeah, no, Josuke <laughs> punches him in the hand... And his hand forms... You've got no right to kill me. You'll become a cursed soul like me if you do. That is true. He doesn't want to be a killer. So yeah, so he punches his hand. He punches his hand such into the his, rock. Yeah, his hand flies back into the rock so hard, the rock also shatters. And then reforms the hand into, like, a rock hand. Yeah. So, like, all those... 
we get a very clear shot of like his blood and the surface of the rock intermingling. Yep. And I suppose that's sort of the conduit for this yeah. combination. And he's like, don't worry. No one's going to get murdered. You're going to have to live out your well, days. I actually have the quote here. He oh, says, uh, yes. I think they're both speaking a little bit. But um, mm-hmm. he says, don't tell people what they can and can't do. Deep, deep. No one's going to execute you. You're not going to be executed. You're not going to jail either. And Jodoro is like, Josuke, I'll leave the rest to you. And he's like, what are you going to do to me? What are you going to do to me? I never hurt anyone. Josuke then punches him in a very oh, door He, he tells him he's going to make him repent for all eternity and live forever in the city that his grandfather protected. So he Dora-Ras this guy into the rock yep. more and more. And reforms the rock such that... The enigma of the Amagara faults him. Kind of, yeah. We just see the rock and then Angelo's like twisted visage is pointing out of the surface of it in an eternal scream. <laughs> and then we get... Landmark number one of Morio. Yes, um, the first of our se- series of Morio landmarks in this is the Angelo Stone, which is used as a meeting ground for young couples in love. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, this is a thing that's happening. Mm, yeah, we get several of these throughout the part, and it, it's just... It make it feels oh, that oh, much more like a town yeah, that yeah. has landmarks. It's... it's you know, these little urban legends spring up um, as yeah. a result of the... Um, the stand in, in many cases, as a result of the stand battles. Um, oh, so good. Yeah. I just love the fact that it's it feels more like a town when it has these little bits that you would go to. And this is, I suppose, a concrete representation of the, um, you know, the theme about having an impact on your town because they are creating these little points of interest <laughs> throughout there. It's so it's like how when you come to Perth, you have the Bell Tower. Yeah, that tower that someone named Bell got trapped in. Uh, and not much else, I guess. <laughs> You've got the moon. The cafe. Oh, no, I just meant the moon. Okay. You can see it, but I mean, I guess you can see it. Yeah, anyway. did, did you know that we're the only people on Earth who can see the moon? Well, I mean, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well played. You ever been in a lunar eclipse, boy? Actually, wait, that affects everyone. Never mind. Anywho. So, yeah, they've got this weird landmark that has a creepy visage. Yep. Uh, and is named the Angelo Stone. A.K.A. the Angelo Stone. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Good oh, work. God. And to be continued. Yeah. They just sort of walk away and it's like, how dare they? We get our first uh, experience of our end oh, credits Jesus sequence Christ. featuring the music of Savage Garden's I Want You. I cannot fucking believe it's Savage Garden. Which is, of course, from their 1997 self-titled debut album. Savage Garden. Hirohiko Araki had this to say about the song. Oh, God. This is a song where the rhythmic pattern represents the 90s era in which part 4 is set. There's a certain touch of the progressive songwriting in the way it dramatically crescendos through, throughout the song. And I thought it was perfect for the anime. Mm. Now, I, mm. I, I'm, I'm actually so a little 90s. disappointed with, um, with what we saw of it this time because I'm, I remarked to the, you as we were watching it. Um, oh yeah, the characters pop. So we open with a shot of, um, of an arrow that sort of we pan across the length of this arrow. Yep. Um, more on that. In future. It's a very fancy looking yep. arrow. Um, then we start sort of zooming, not zooming. Um, oh, sort of zooming through. No, there's a, there's a zoom is camera, ter- in, in camera terminology. Uh. Um, there's a zoom is obviously when you like extend the zoom on the camera lens. Yeah. But there's also a word for when you move the camera forward. And it, um, it feels very much like we're doing forward, that. Forward. You're moving forward. Um, whatever that is. I can't remember. Walking. Um, and we're, yeah, we're walking through this town. Most of it's along this, the main street, but we mm-hmm. go, go through a train station too. And, yep. um, you know, and just a few And we places. see the characters from the, um, from the story. Uh, in many pa- in many times, uh, in pu- in locations associated with them, but also sometimes just scattered around where is yep. appropriate. Um, 
But the thing that disappoints me is um, as this part was being made, this in this very first episode, I think it was just like Josuke and Tomoko, maybe Koichi. Mm. And then, oh, and Angelo, I guess, the Angelo Stone at this point. Yeah. Um, but no one else. But and it, as we went through the story, it populated and that felt like a very nice piece of aggression mm. uh, as sort of the town started come to come together more. But now it's just all there from the start, which like is fine, but I'm a little disappointed we don't get that same sort of symbolic, hey, I know that guy now. symbolic representation yeah. of our... Um, of learning about the town. Because yeah. then grows. it also quite nicely um, contrasts the bit in crazy, noisy, bizarre town where we see all these people we haven't met yet. Mm. And then at the end, it's all, hey, I know that guy, I know that guy, I know that guy. Yeah. But I suppose it's like the town is already populated. Yeah, We I just haven't so. met them yet. Yeah. So it's like, this is a town. It's, it's fine, people. but yeah. just like having seen the alternative, I think I do prefer the alternative. Mm, okay. All right. Controversial opinion. Probably mm-hmm. not, but yep. Uh, also, we get one bit. That you were like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. The um, bit where it's like, um, what are the lyrics, uh, the particular lyrics? It's like halfway through the song or halfway through the um, ending of the, or two thirds through the ending. So probably the end of the second verse, I'd say. It's like, I need you. I want you. Oh yeah, that bit where it goes, that I need to, I want to. Yes. And we cut to first like a red color scheme, then a green color scheme, close up on Josuke where we could just see his face and like the top of his shoulder and his arm, which is above his head. Um, and he's like super close to the cameras doing that like boy band singy whisper. Uh, and he's wearing what I refer to as the waffle shirt because um, it's a shirt, it's like a sort of string shirt thing with like square holes between it all. Yeah. Um, in such that it looks a bit like a waffle. Um, I don't understand this waffle thing, but I, I'll well, go with it. The parlance of the waffle shirt comes from a future JoJo's Bizarre Adventure character in part eight, mm. who has like a, a relationship of sorts with Josuke, who, um, and looks quite similar to him, who wears basically that shirt. <laughs> so it's a waffle I, shirt. it felt like a nice little Easter egg to see him wearing that in this. Yeah. I mean, goddamn. I wish I could have seen more of it because, like, at the time, I was so f- transfixed yeah. on Joe. Oh, well, you'll, you'll have plenty of opportunities to um to see that. To we'll, observe, we'll, we'll be with um. Uh, I want you for the whole of part four. So excellent! Oh god, <laughs> I believe we see the turtle at some point too. The turtle. Oh, the turtle. Yeah. Oh, I think it's right at the end when there's like a um a series of like diamond facet faces. I think one of them has the turtle in it. Nice. How terrifying. <laughs> well, for Joe's at least. Yeah. God damn. And I'm I'm still like I'm I'm not even remotely salty, and yet I'm so salty about the fact that it was like, yeah, you gave me Savage Gun to work with, and you were like, yeah, I did. <laughs> Little did I fucking know. <laughs> I, I think I alluded to this in a previous week, but um, at one point between recordings, we went out to a local pub for lunch, mm. and the the radio uh, started playing Savage Gardens. I want you, and I was just quietly like, oh, I wish I could <laughs> wish I could point this out to you. Oh no. So Nick. Yeah. Highlights and lowlights of this episode. Alright. Highlight probably has to be um just like we're actually seeing a stand battle in a very unusual circumstance. Mm. It's like, like reverse home alone in a way, in that really the house is. has been trapped against its occupants. Yeah, so like just the idea of oh, so there's a stand battle just in this house. Mm. Okay, because we never had that in part three. Yeah, well, that's I suppose that's very much um, the the vibe. I the, guess it's the epitome of the um, part four stand battles in the places you live. Yeah, uh, vibe. Yeah, it's just like I get it now. I totally get mm. how it's gonna work from this point on. Yeah. What's your highlight, son? My highlight is probably uh, Jotaro t- taking off his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and just that one tiny moment where you're like, oh, he's taking off his shoes. Yeah. I also liked the bit when Josuke was doing his hair and he's like, oh, my hair won't set right because I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what other bit I really fucking liked? When Chotaro's outside being like, Angelo's been here. Oh, it's starting to rain. <gasps> oh, no. It's starting to rain. That's good. Yeah. I, did, I also liked him checking the Angelo tracks. Like, oh, he's been this close to the house, but we haven't seen him. He's so cunning. Where could he be? He's right, he's right in that tree yeah. over there. Lawn still tastes fresh. Where is he? Lowlights? Lowlights. I think my lowlight might be that dog face biting. <laughs> that's grisly. <laughs> it's fine. It's all good. It's just a little dead dog. No harm. Um, God, my lowlight. It really does paint a picture. Like, as if the, the, the mur- children murder rape story wasn't enough. The dog face biting really does paint a picture of Angelo as like an inhuman monster who does inhuman things. To be fair, they were already going for that. This is just really like brought it home, you know? But like most people, like, you know, Vanilla Rice basically kicked a dog to death, um, which is gruesome in its own way, but not biting its face off. Yeah. I suppose he was also just a vampiric monster. Yeah. Hmm. Just trying to think of... Like, the low light. Because there were a couple of bits I wasn't really much of a fan of. Okay. Oh, also another highlight, Josuke punching through Tomoko. <laughs> and just not at all noticing. Mm. Yeah. I suppose my low light would just have to be the abrupt death of a man that we just didn't learn a single fucking thing That's about. That's true. I, after my first go through the reading the manga of this, by the end I'd basically forgotten he existed. Yeah, because, like, he shows up once, is like, ah, this'll be fine. And then he gets home and it's like, ah, yes, you enjoy some cognac in the evening. Really, I suppose he just, he just exists to to provide motivation and inform the character of Josuke. But, like, this is a thing I'm getting after... I was telling you before I've been reading Berserk. Yes. Yeah. So this is the thing I've been getting since reading that, is that Berserk does a very good job of showing not telling. Also kind of one of its faults, but it does a very good job of showing not telling, where instead of saying, oh, like, Gut's backstory is really dark and really painful, mm-hmm. it's like, okay... We're going to have just the entire arc dedicated to his backstory. Right. It's going to take way too long to get through, but at the end, you're going to fucking feel his anger. So I suppose better than having an entire arc dedicated to Ryohei and and killing him off. But at least have, like, maybe a couple episodes where he's... Have him around for a little while longer. Yeah. Have him be, like, a little bit of a bigger bit. Like with Kakyoin, it was like, oh, he's there for the whole time, at least. Mm. He dies... maybe the first time Abdul died. Yeah, the first time Abdul died, we were like, oh... Well, at least I kind of knew him. And then or second Caesar. Time, Caesar, yes. Or Zapelli. Yeah, where he's like stuck around and he's or like... George oh. Joestar. Or, even better... George II. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but as opposed to two parts of... Hey. I'm here. I'm, I'm a guy... Oh, I'm dead. I'm a corrupt police officer. Yeah. With a good heart, ultimately. Much like Josuke is a delinquent with a good heart, ultimately. Yeah. Hmm. How fitting. Hmm. Yes, they could have done better than that. Yep, fair enough. Lazy writing there, Iraqi. Come on, get better. So, Nick. What? I want to ask you. What? All right, calm down. (laughs) What? Okay, set the scene. What? (laughs) Josuke and Jotaro have defeated Japan's worst criminal, Angelo, trapped him in a stone. (laughs) It never gets old, just the thought of, wait, so now he's just trapped in a stone. And yet there are... Around 37 episodes yet to go, with no clear path forward from here. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen next time? JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable, in the episode entitled, The Nijimura Brothers. The Nijimura Brothers. As always, with Japanese names, I'll just let you see that text the there. Nijimura, Nijimura Brothers. Is it Nijimura or Nijimura? Nijimura. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Nijimura. The Nijimura Brothers. Uh, okay. 
Well, I have no idea <laughs> because we've just basically... I was telling you before we recorded that I thought that Angelo was going to be kind of the big bad. Yeah, at least for a while. At least for a while. Or, or he would bring in... And like I think he said crew. as much last episode. Yeah, where he'd bring in like maybe five guys and then we have to mm-hmm. beat the five guys. But now he's dealt with. We do still have the an- as yet unresolved um, severed hand situation. Oh yeah, true. That was a thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think that that's going to be resolved until maybe like episode five. <laughs> I think just guessing. Um, oh man. So what is there going to be? Um, there has to be more mundane. Is there going to be stuff. some downtime for a while? Are we going to have a parade of criminals coming through Morio? I don't know about parade of criminals. Are the Nijimura brothers uh, a couple of bank robbers on the run from the law? I, see, the thing is, the vibe I get from this part is that it's not that bad. Like you've got. Like, you kick things off with a pretty intimidating villain. Yeah, but now it's like, oh, wow, that was intense. Let's maybe reel it in a bit. <laughs> so maybe, like, the Nijimura brothers are just... Couple school- of school bullies. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they're like, hey, Josuke, your little shitlord. We don't like your hair very much. Give us your lunch money. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they're just like some common crooks. From or maybe they town. have bigger pompadours than Josuke. And they're like, <gasps> Josuke, you'll never have a pompadour as good as ours. Sheen, Sheen. And then Josuke's just there going, oh, I oh. wish I could reform them. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think it's not going to be quite as intense as the worst villain in Japan. Uh, or the worst criminal, rather. So, I, I don't know. Maybe Maybe they're friends. Maybe they're just like a local, maybe they're local chefs. <laughs> they don't wear shirts under their apron. Exactly, you know. Maybe they're just a, a couple of One's a neighbors. chef who wears, doesn't wear a shirt under his apron and the other is a blacksmith who doesn't wear a shirt <laughs> under his apron. But I, oh, I just, I don't know. I honestly, because we haven't got any obvious place to go mm, from here. Yeah. Like maybe Josuke is going to be like, okay, clearly some shit's going to go down because stand uses now, attract stand Now uses. my spirit photos are showing another stand Oh, they're not his, they're Joseph's. Yeah. Jo- Joseph sent me some mail with some more ominous spirit photos. <laughs> I mean, maybe we're going to get more info on, like, what happened with Joseph slash Tomoko mm. or, like, the formalities of inheriting Joseph's fortune. Right, yeah. Maybe Joseph will actually show jo- up. Joseph would be like... Josuke, you can inherit my fortune if you if you solve this series of riddles. <laughs> Listen, buddy, I've set around a couple of stand users in the town who are going to start murdering people. I can't control them, okay? I just hide them. I'm not Dio. But... Uh, Give it a crack. See if you can beat them, and if you can, you get the money. Yeah. And Jotaro will get nothing. And Jotaro will be like, Josuke, I'll stop you and get that fortune. <laughs> now we're rivals. Oh, dear. Also, Koichi is there. Also, Koichi is there. I mean, maybe we'll meet the Koichi. the um, this fourth character. No, I don't think we will yet, because the Nid the Nijimura brothers doesn't sound like one character. It sounds like <laughs> at least two. What if that person we saw in the opening was two short people standing on each other's shoulders? Oh my god, the mundanity gets they're even bo- more. They're mundane. both the size of Koichi. <laughs> they're both the size of Koichi. How old is Koichi again? I think he's a year younger than Josuke. And he's that much shorter. Okay, I have a real hard time pronouncing his name for some reason. Koichi. 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 I, I always meld that O-I too much. Koichi. Because of English. Yeah. Anyway, I don't. I actually have no clue. Maybe... Well, that's unfortunate. Until okay. next time. To Our theme music oh, is yeah. Joe Grassi oh, by Milk Juice, aka Nick Ballantyne. I'm so pleased with that name. I actually am. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty alt. Indie <laughs> alt. Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, there. If you want to get in contact with us, we're at Jojo's Podcast on Twitter and at Jojo's Podcast on gmail.com. If you feel like, uh, if maybe you're feeling zesty, <laughs> becoming part of the Patreon, patreon.com slash Jojo's World. If you want to uh, help more people find the show, hit us up on iTunes with a review. Stitcher or or other places. Yeah. Tell your friends that we're a thing. Yeah. Uh, Do it. <laughs> I, I don't want to be aggressive to the fans. They help us. <laughs> yeah. Until next time. To, to be, be continued. continued.